Yes, master. What's up, Force family? Welcome back to Star Wars Guys. We are your hosts, Mike and Nate Messer. And today's episode, what you are listening to, is the second episode of our Mandalorian review. So we're going to be covering the second chapter, chapter two of The Mandalorian, which came out a few days ago. So we are sorry for getting this episode out a little bit later. But we are recording this on a Thursday, and on Friday, the next episode comes out. So we got to get this out here soon. Before we dive into our Mandalorian review, we do have... A few fan questions. I think we're going to tackle one of those today. We received a few questions today through our social media. So, Nate, what do we have today? Yeah, so we had a, uh, Captain Wookie. Thanks for the uh, the message. Thanks for engaging with uh, our Instagram and the podcast. Um, so here is a question that was approached to us. Basically, why did Anakin want to rule the galaxy after he became Darth Vader at the end of Episode 3? I understand why Palpatine wanted to. But why does he offer to Padme that they can rule the galaxy together? So, right. I I see it a couple ways. One, he's Anakin's now had a taste for the dark side. He craves mm-hmm. that that hunger for power. And so, if you remember, he mentions that he can overthrow Palpatine. He, I'm strong in him. I can overthrow him, and he wants to overthrow him and rule. But I also think of it as a different way. When you dive a little deeper, one, he knows Padme is a politician. So he knows that Padme could take on that, what we see come into fruition, which is the Emperor's kind of Chancellor Palpatine side of him ruling actually under like law and order, um, the Empire. That could be Padme's kind of role of being the face of that because he knows that, mm-hmm. that she's a politician. But if you also recall from episode two, when uh, they're on Naboo, Anakin mentions, well, why don't we have just one person rule over everything? And Padme says, well, that's like a dictatorship. That's not the point of, of basically having a council, having you know, a democracy, the republic. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason why that is, because when there's disagreements, you can kind of vote and make decisions on what's best rather than having someone rule. So you can kind of get a glimpse in episode two that he's thinking this way already. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. now, after realizing that he's believing the lies... That the Jedi are te- or that the Jedi are, are evil, they turn against him. He also kind of has an understanding, um, and I get the feeling that he has an understanding that Palpatine's not just 100% good. He recognizes that the dark side is not necessarily the best, but because he wants that power, he's willing to do what he must to try and save Padme. Yeah. So he thinks that Palpatine may not be the best option for him long term. Um, so in that moment, he thinks, you know. I can rule, I'm stronger, and we can rule together with him and Padme because, well, she's a politician, and with his strength, he can overthrow the Emperor. What do you think? Yeah, that's... I like that that thought process a lot. I think um, when I think about this question and think about what's going on in the moment, what is happening in that scene, I also think that we have to think about where Anakin's thought process is during that time. I kind of read that scene also as him saying that to kind of just appease to Padme. Like you wonder almost how much of that is how much of that is actually him Meaning, believing yeah. what he's saying or is he saying that just because he knows Padme might think what he's done is wrong and then he's like oh, I I'm, I'm more powerful now. I I can overthrow him versus it being like a plan all along. Because yeah. just in scenes before that, he had just slaughtered younglings. <laughs> and right. that has nothing to do with who the who the emperor is. That's now about who Anakin has yeah. become. And so I, I, I think that there's a good balance 
there that you have to think, well, like, yeah, I understand what Anakin is saying. Like, maybe, um, you know, it, it could be, uh, he could take out the Emperor, possibly. He might be able to defeat him. We also don't know how much of that is true at that moment, too, because while Anakin is extremely powerful, he's so cocky and so arrogant, and you, you'd have to think that, that someone like Palpatine um, would be ready for him and would know how to prey yeah. on his weakness, prey on the weakness that is that Palpatine sees as a weakness is Padme. How he got him there in the first place. How he, how he how, got Anakin Exactly, there in the first so he place. can manipulate Padme to defeat him. Um, but I think it also just ties in on into who do we think Anakin is at that moment and who do we know, what do we know about the Sith? So the Sith in general are obviously the dark side force users, but one thing that makes the Sith evil is the greed, the greed of it all, of... They want more. Once, once he, it started with him, you know, just he started with him thinking that he needs to do whatever it takes to save Padme, to defeat, you know, to step in and intervene in, in yeah. the fight between Palpatine and Mace Windu. So he cuts off Mace's arm, and that kind of feels like the point of almost the point of no return. When now he's helped kill a Jedi in the sake of saving Palpatine, which in turn he believes will save Padme. But when he then goes down the path of killing all the younglings, slaughtering all the other Jedi, that is now the, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say the point of no return as far as, cause we do know eventually that, you know, he has some sort of redemptive um, scene at the very end of, of return of the Jedi where he defeats Palpatine. But at that point, there is no coming back without serious, serious backlash repercussions of even if that moment he defeats Palpatine when he's talking on Mustafar and he's talking with Padme. Say he defeats Palpatine and he says, yeah, now we can we can take over. We can make things the way we want. Yeah. But then still Obi-Wan, Yoda, everyone's going to show up eventually and say, yeah, it doesn't matter that you defeated Palpatine. You just destroyed the whole Jedi Order, right. killed everyone. <laughs> you are still going to pay for for your crimes and what you've done. Right. And that's why I think it's always such a a interesting thought process of what would the galaxy, what what would Anakin, what would his story arc be like had he survived his bout against Palpatine? So Darth Vader, when he throws off. Palpatine, yeah, and you know, Death Star two blows up, and where does say that Luke is him? able to yeah. get him out of there alive. What does that look like? Because obviously, it, even though he he turned on the Emperor in the end, it's uh, it's it's not. Oh well, he made a good decision at the end, so we'll forget everything he's done. So what what does that look like? We've never seen in we haven't seen much of in the Star Wars galaxy someone who's been. Uh, sentenced to death, or who have, who has because of their crimes been yeah. been sent to a a prison. Um, I think of Harry Potter and like an Azkaban prison of right. like somewhere where you're going to like the worst people go. We haven't really seen that in in Star Wars, so it'd be interesting. We don't really know what that is like. And I, one final kind of thought here on this question, and I'll turn it back over to you, Nate. Is thinking through it right now. I also just love. This is one thing I really do love about the Last Jedi is the the parallels, this the coming full circle. When you think through Anakin pleading with Padme on Mustafar about 
I can I can overthrow the emperor. I we can do this. Come on, like we can make the galaxy what we want to be. It is so similar to what Ben Solo, what Kylo Ren just defeated Snoke is saying to Rey. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's it's look, I just defeated him. Come on. And Rey thinks like, now, "Oh good, you've turned. Yeah. Let's go." And now it's and, him actually. It's basically what would have happened if Anakin did. That's what I think. I, I think that what Ryan Johnson was showing there in creating that that scene in The Last Jedi is where Anakin, where his head truly would have been had he defeated the Emperor, which is he just got a taste for more power. Yeah. He is now the ultimate. There's no one to stand no one in his way. Me, yeah. No one can stop him. Why would he relinquish that power and go back to being, listening to a Senate or listening to a politician right. or anything like that? It would be exactly what we saw with Ben Solo, Kylo Ren with, I defeated the ultimate bad who's been, who's been, holding me back who's been doing all these terrible things who's even we've learned now in in some of the comics also and they showed in the movies but snoke was literally abusing kylo yeah and was making fun of him was physically abusing him but after taking him out he didn't say oh good right now now we're good now i'll go help the resistance and we can stop all this it's now you're still holding on like what are you doing like we're in charge now. We can do whatever we want. So like, yeah. it's the exact thing of, of what would have happened. Yeah, I think same Anakin mindset. survived. Yeah, yeah. That's I know that's kind mindset. of my thought press on thought process on it. You have any, you have anything else to add to that or no? I, I I agree completely. I think bringing up the Last Jedi and that kind of same story arc, that same mindset that Ben Solo relates to Anakin in that moment is a great depiction of what could have happened if if Anakin followed through with that and if Padme was like like agreed well agreed or disagreed but if Anakin really just followed through within that moment of I'm I'm stronger I can overthrow him succeeded in that what does that look like where is he left with that mindset of okay well now that he's gone let's move forward because there's no one here to stop us and yeah no I think that that equates pretty spot on to what we can imagine would have happened with with Anakin. So again, thanks Captain Wookie for the for the question there. We appreciate everybody engaging with us on our Instagram at underscore Star Wars guys. Anybody else who has questions, comments, uh, just anything really, just reach out. If your thoughts on Mandalorian, anything, you know, reach out to us, let us know, and we'll we will uh, do our best to include those in our episodes. Um, now let's dive into our main segment. Mandalorian Chapter 2, The Child. Overall thoughts, what was your first impression, Mike? Overall thoughts on the episode, what do you think? So, uh, we'll dive into some of the specifics here in a few moments of some of the things that you know we enjoyed um, the most about it. Some of the things that we think are setting up for big, long-term payouts, big questions that may be answered. So, there's so much in this episode that we love. I should mention, real quick before we dive in, if uh, I know we said at the beginning of our last Mandalorian episode, if you have not watched the episode yet, yeah. just a warning, this will be a spoiler-heavy podcast episode for us, so we will be diving into specifics. So if you haven't watched it yet, make sure you press pause on this, go watch the episode, and then come back. Or if you don't really care, continue, <laughs> continue yeah. listening. I'm not yeah. going to turn anyone away if they really would just rather listen to our podcast right. than watch the episode. Go ahead and keep listening. So having said that, um, I really liked this episode. I think the feel of the episode, I know that you and I have talked, um, just 
off air about this a lot that it's very much any anyone who has watched the Indiana Jones films I love Indiana Jones and this very much had a Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade vibe about it yeah anyone who is really familiar with those films will actually know that one of the scenes that um is one of the scenes from this episode the Mandalorian chapter two was a direct direct almost I, I hate to use the word copy because that makes it sound like uh, it was like cheap or I didn't like it. I loved it. It was a very it was a direct homage to the scene in um, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade when Indy is hanging off the side of an army tank and the Nazis are you know, trying to uh, they're trying to get the Holy Grail. They're they're on this race, this quest, and he's hanging off the side of this tank and they're driving towards these cliffs and towards these rocks. And essentially, it looks like he's like brushing up against the rocks, and the tank is coming over, and they look like Indiana Jones is going to get squished in between um, yeah. the rocks. And at the last second, he kind of flings his body up on top of the tank. And this exact, it was almost shot for shot. This part of the scene where the Mandalorian is hanging off the side of the the he's fighting the Jawas, and he's on the side of the um, that they're they're uh, I can't remember the name of the the vehicle, but their land roller and. They're uh, going up against the rocks, and it looks like, uh uh-oh, it's going to happen, and then he uh, avoids it. But so much of this episode, not just that scene, so much of this episode had that adventure feel about it. We had a quest. Instead of a quest for the Holy Grail, we had a quest for the hairy egg. (laughs) Right, right. There's uh, there's so much that I really loved what was going on here. We got some of our favorites. We've got one of our – one of – quickly becoming – Maybe my favorite character in the whole show, but certainly one of my favorite characters. I have spoken. <laughs> yeah, Quill. I think his, that's what. His, yeah. uh, Quill. He's uh, he's back, and uh, Nick Nolte's character, and I just love so much what's going on with this episode. Yeah. No, I agree completely. I love the the feel of this episode. Um, we talked a little bit about this. I, for me personally, I think there's good, and there are things that maybe I didn't like so much. I heard. You and I listen to, to Force Center a lot. Yeah. Um, their podcast, great podcast. So if you haven't, Scrimshaw, Jennifer Landa, and Ken Knapsack. Yeah, so, so they're great. If, if you haven't checked them out, go check them out. But one thing they mentioned, which I thought was kind of a spot on idea of what this episode was like, it was like a side mission in a video yeah. game. It's It wasn't necessarily the same, like the main storyline. You see the Mandalorians going on a little side mission, doing this thing for the Jawas just so he can get the eggs that now he can continue with his main quest basically. Yeah. Um, and at first at like my first impression was like, I didn't really like it that much. Um, I mean, I liked the episode, but there were things that I didn't really like because it didn't further that storyline. Mm-hmm. But when you dive into some of those deeper things and the meaning behind it, you can appreciate some of that a little bit more. Uh, some of that character development, obviously we see, I guess, baby Yoda. We still don't have a name, but Baby Yoda using the Force, so there God, there is inv- awesome, advancements yeah. in that side of the main story and yeah. the relationship between the two. You kind of see that Baby Yoda has a natural sense of like protection, which is kind yeah. of a Jedi a Jedi characteristic of you see that he sees the Mandalorian in trouble, he saves him. So there are things like that that I really appreciate. But then in terms of the side quest thing, I personally felt like you, there there are things to gain from that, which I did like. But I also feel like you could have potentially furthered the main storyline while still getting those same characteristics, that same character development between the Mandalorian, Baby Yoda, 
I don't know. I, I, it's not a big thing. I just felt like there could have been a little bit more of that main story moving forward between the two, especially with shorter episodes. You know, they're about 30-minute episodes, eight episodes mm-hmm. total. So we're getting about, you know, roughly four hours of footage. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think it was like – I don't want to say like it was a filler episode at all because you still gain a lot. There's still a ton I love from it. You have the character development. Like you said, I like the – Indiana Jones type feel of this episode. So there's a ton of things I love. I, I like the episode overall. That was just a minor thing I thought potentially could have moved forward a little bit more um, in the main story while still getting that character development between the two characters, seeing Baby Yoda use the Force, stuff like that. Yeah, I I understand those thoughts, and I think I'm somewhere in the middle. Like I I liked I did like this episode. I liked it a lot. Um, I do think that there it it was not a huge episode to push a ton of the like we still don't really know kind of um, other than the Mandalorian is on his he's on his quest now he's protecting the bounty which or he's protecting his the asset which is Baby Yoda yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and but I but there was so much about this episode that I did love I think that it was it's hard because I'm in my mind you like you want to compare it to episode one. And I think there are things about this episode that I liked more than episode one. And yeah, there are things yeah. in this episode that I thought were just different than episode one. So the first episode, The Mandalorian, obviously, sets the stage of kind of the feel of what we're supposed to expect from this um, from this, from this story and where, where we think it's going to go. So there's a lot of unknown and anticipation coming into it. You are just waiting to be introduced to The Mandalorian. You're seeing him kind of see just where the story is headed and then it ends with the big surprise obviously of the baby Yoda species being the asset that he is going to the bounty that he's going to collect and I think that this episode there are some some of the things I think I liked more about this episode than the first one I think that there was some while I love humor in Star Wars I think that there was some of the humor in the first episode that I really loved and then in particular we talked about the kind of first bounty that he picked up I think is uh, I, I liked it, but I think some of it verged uh, a little bit on kind of um, satirical, almost like it's a like it didn't feel quite like um, we talked about it, feeling like an or- like an Orville character, yeah, yeah, where it's like so obvious that it's a guy in a dressed up as yeah. an alien instead yeah, of definitely. it feeling like a like a Greedo or one of these aliens that you've right. seen before. Um, and I loved all of the, all, I I really did like that whole scene with it with the first bounty but there are moments in that scene that i felt like ah i kind of just i kind of wish they would you know it'd be a little bit more i don't know felt a little bit less like it was making fun of uh like it was a a a saturday night live character dressing up as a yeah, star wars yeah. um character but some of the things i liked um so i did like i think in this episode i think it was pretty concise where there wasn't a ton of that filler stuff there was still very funny moments i liked the uh just all of his interactions with the Jawas and they're, they're trying to decide on what they're going. I thought that it was funny that once they got this egg, they just start to, start opening up and <laughs> no, eating I like it. That. Yeah. I thought that was really funny. Um, I thought the action was great. The, the chucking the Jawas off the top of the, right. of the vehicle and disintegrating the Jawas with his, with his, uh, his blaster, his rifle, I thought was very cool. Yeah. That, um, that actually is something that, I really liked about the episode yeah. is seeing him. I think that I haven't heard a lot of people talk about it, but I think that adds a ton of character to the Mandalorian. Yeah, and seeing this kind of gray space, this gray area, like 
he comes across the Jawas. They took his stuff. He's disintegrating them. Like, yeah. They're just, he didn't they're ask like, for it back, or he didn't just say, yeah. you know, he didn't stun them, which right. is interesting because the Jawas stun him back. Right. Like, when he is on top of their vehicle, they all have their, their weapons there, and they don't decide to just murder him. They knock him off of the thing. Yeah. After he had blow, blow, blown, blown him away, yeah. it disintegrated him. Uh, I think, obviously, seeing Jawas again in Star Wars is great in itself. I like the the greed aspect. They talk about the Jawas. They don't work for the Empire. They don't... They're not there just out to murder you. They're just they're they're greedy. They want eggs. They want eggs. They <laughs> tore his ship apart. They just took yeah. it, took all of it just to for take themselves. The, yeah. They didn't blow it up. Like they didn't say, like, yeah, let's just make sure he doesn't leave. They're like, oh, this stuff is valuable. It's ours now. And they just yeah. take it. Um so I love the interactions back and forth between the Mandalorian and the the uh the Jawas. The Jawas, yeah. And I do think it, it reveals, like you said, I think it's a that is one of the reasons I really like this episode. I think is it is a character revealing episode for him, where he's kind of a. It's one of those classic. Uh, he has a mission, and then of course it's like the guy who's late to work, and then the car doesn't start. It's the uh, he's late to work, and then he left the papers he needed for his presentation at home. He's yeah. he's on this mission. He goes back to his ship. It's been scavenged by the Jawas, these annoying short little creatures who came and just took all of the stuff that he right. needs to get out of there. So then he has that little side mission of, well, I've got to go do this, and then I've got to do this, and then I have Smokin', yeah. which is always great. <laughs> it's always great. Um, I do like yeah. that it showed his character, though, like almost being annoyed with the process as yes. well. Like you yeah. see that after all uh, this, he gets the egg, and he's like shaking his head like, I did all that for this. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. That's what I did all this for. That's yeah, what this whole died. thing was about. I almost died. I was sitting there with a knife ready to just yeah. take a hit <laughs> yep. until Baby Yoda saved me. That's uh, true. But yeah, let's dive into that. Baby Yoda. What do you think? What are your thoughts? It's interesting. Obviously, it was. I thought that was one of the funny moments also as well. It was one of the more comedic moments of the episode is when the Mandalorian's trying to do things and Baby Yoda's trying to heal him and trying to help him. Yeah. And he keeps he keeps putting him back like it's like putting him back in his crib. It reminds you of just like just a parent in some of these uh right. whether it's like a, a family guy of him like of Stewie trying to do something and then the parents are just like, Oh yeah, oh Stewie, let's put him back away. Right. And like he's like, No, I'm trying to help you and you're not right. paying attention. Yeah, I like uh, that real quick. I also like that it was like multiple times, like because as a viewer, you're watching it and you're like, oh, he's walking. Like, is he going to heal him? And then if you just put it back and that was it, then you'd be like, oh, well, I don't really know what he's doing. But the fact that he they had him come trying. back again, they keep they show that he's keep trying. Yeah. You're like, okay, again, that's another sort of Jedi aspect that you see in his bloodline. Like that's well, not his bloodline, but like in his heart, I guess, is like you see this goodness, this natural goodness from this baby Yoda of. Just like trying to heal, trying to protect, and use the force for those things. It also just displays the the baby's incredible power. That as a again, he is fifty, so we don't. Really, but True. As a baby, a baby looking Yoda like creature, um, he's able to freeze with the rhino thing, and he's able to to, uh, to do all of this stuff. Yeah, with however heavy that thing is. Yeah, yeah, that he's just that strong that he can do that. It just. I, I, I really, the more I think about this episode, I think my initial take was very similar to you that I thought like, I don't know if I liked it as much as the first episode because the first episode set up a lot and then they go off on an adventure. Yeah, this yeah. is this is a little bit more 
um, which it does seem like the, the show in general is going to be, which I do love, is it's more of a character-revealing episode where it shows his frustration. It kind of shows his compassion for the Baby Yoda creature and reveals some about about the Baby Yoda creature itself, how powerful it is, how it cares for the Mandalorian. And I do think it would be interesting to see. I, I guess we should talk on one of the big surprises is definitely how short the episode was. I think yeah. that when the first episode came out, we were expecting anywhere between 45 minutes to an hour. Mm-hmm. And first episode, I believe, was like 38, 39 minutes, if you include the credits. Like, that's yeah. its listing time, so it's probably like 37 minutes of yeah, actual like footage. And we saw that, and we thought, oh, dang, that's a little shorter than I thought. And then this episode's even, even five shorter, or six, yeah. seven minutes shorter than that one. Yeah. I do think that if I had to guess that it, not every episode will be – 30 minutes. I think there will be longer episodes if I had to guess moving forward. Uh, I think that my take on it is it's a good feeling to have as a Star Wars fan. Of It's a good problem to have, I should say. That it leaves me wanting more. And that some of sometimes our biggest issues with the episode is that it was so good that you wanted to keep going. They're like that the yeah. storyline is setting up to be so yeah. good. Whether the ep- this episode or the last episode combined, the storyline so far is so interesting that we're like, man, I wish it was twice as long. Yeah. I wish it would keep going. And I think we got what we wanted out of the time frame, the 30 minute average yeah. or whatever. Like we're still getting what I want. So it's not like I'm like, oh, super disappointed that it's not an hour long. Yeah. Because I'm still getting what I want out of the show. It's still great. I, I Like I said, I mean, I love both episodes. Yeah. It's not that I didn't love this episode. It was just one thing that I thought could have maybe done differently. But overall, yeah. still love the episode. Love the character development. Yeah, we're um, in agreement there. Yeah, yeah, so still getting what we want out of that in the shorter time frame. But like you said, it's natural because you love the show. You love the episode. You obviously want more of it. So Yeah, and the way that they're really shaping the... The whole story with it not being called episode one, but with it be calling chapter one yeah, and chapter, chapter two, two. Uh, it makes total sense. When you're reading a chapter of a book, every single chapter is not 15 pages long. There yeah, are shorter the chapters, same, yeah. there are longer chapters, and I think that it's very much each episode so far, while they all obviously connects, each episode has its own purpose, and this side mission, which kind of furthers the storyline as far as his relationship with, with the child. The child, isn't that the name of the episode the as child, well? yeah. Um, I think that... It, it I trust the filmmakers, the, the showrunners. I trust Favreau and Filoni. And if this is how much time they needed to... I think that they went out on this... Their mission as creators was to tell this part of the story in this chapter, in this episode. And if that chapter only takes 30 minutes, great. That's all they needed. Yeah. Maybe you, we never know. Maybe the next chapter takes an hour. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it takes 50 minutes. We don't really know. I think that... I like the idea that they're not putting in filler stuff to meet a time requirement. True, and, yeah. Which will also mean later on that they will not cut stuff out likely just to meet a time requirement as well. But it's that they have the creative freedom, at least it appears so, to however long it takes to tell their story, I'm here for it. Whether that's right. an hour, I would love it. And if it's 30 minutes, I'll take what I can get because so far it, it's been it's been solid. We really liked it. Yeah, no, it, it's it's great. Honestly, I'm I'm a little surprised with how it's going. Because if you were to tell me going into this that, I mean, they're laying down the storyline around this child, this baby Yoda. Now we've seen it use the Force, which, to be honest, coming into The Mandalorian, I was not expecting that. I wasn't expecting this to be 
around centered around a force user um yet alone a baby that can use the force but now after seeing this seeing one we see in episode one the the value that is put on this this child because of i'm assuming that it's force sensitive maybe related to its heritage that this value and now seeing this mission of the mandalorian trying to protect it or maybe whatever he's doing whether he's trying to bring it back for to to collect money we don't know but they're obviously centering centering this show, at least this season so far, around this child, which I I wouldn't have expected. I would have wouldn't have ever guessed that going into the show. But yeah. now that it is going that way, I'm I'm almost more interested in seeing. Okay, where is this going to lead? How is this going to end at the end of the season with yeah. this child, this force user? Yeah, I, I again, I think that they're doing. They are accomplishing as creators. They are accomplishing. The mission, which is, they're making Star Wars content for television for 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 Disney Plus, and every episode we it leaves us wanting more, which is what they which is obviously what they want. We can't wait. Um, again, we mentioned we're recording this on a Thursday. Tomorrow, Friday morning, we'll be getting the next episode, and we'll be waking up early. We'll be watching it. We'll be rewatching it. Yeah. And there's they have set up so much so far. We we love the feel of the show, the look of the show. It's very much classic Star Wars and it has that Star Wars humor that we love. It has the fun action adventure along with this now western vibe, lone gunslinger vibe. Um but I love that they've surprised us already that they've shown you think it's just going to be a lone gunslinger walks into town, has a shootout, moves on. Right. And then Going from mission Dave to mission, Dave Filoni or and something. John Favreau drop a Baby Yoda in there, and it's a it's a a nuke that all of a sudden blows up all of yeah. our expectations of what what the show is going to be. So tying tying everything back to the Force, the, the Force, which is related to just Star Wars overall. It's not always just lightsabers and stuff. I mean, yeah. the Force is it's much bigger lightsabers. It's, yeah, it's it's one of it's if not the main thing associated with Star Wars. Um, the Force, the light and the dark. So. I've heard some people, and this is kind of the last thing I really want to touch on, I've heard you know things going around on the internet about The Mandalorian, some people loving it and some people not liking it as much because they feel like they're relying on this force as kind of like a crutch. It's not just Mandalorian getting into just bounty hunting, but it is Star Wars. Don't forget, this is Star Wars. That's what Star Wars is about. Yeah, uh, It's about the force, and especially in this time period, I think it's very realistic to think of, okay, well... The people of this time, do they believe in the Force? Do they? I mean, it's more of a myth. The Jedi Council yeah. and things have been gone for a while. So, what does that mean for this average person, just a bounty hunter living in a world where now he's come across a Force user? User, what does that mean for this character? Yeah, especially because I think it's easy to forget sometimes, as viewers of just the movies, that. There weren't a time. It wasn't a time, even when Luke Skywalker is is facing Darth Vader in Empire Strikes Back, and there's Darth Vader, and there's um, there's the Emperor. You have Palpatine ruling. Most people did not know that these people were Jedi and that they existed. Even yeah, they show in yeah. the uh, they show in the beginning of A New Hope in that um, in, in the meeting with uh, the Imperial officers and. You hear them saying, uh, you're, you're the last, you hear um, Tarkin saying, you're the last of their religion, and yeah. all these other people are like, don't try to scare us with your sorcerer's ways, Lord Vader. Like, they talk about just like, basically like, 
That's we don't believe we don't yeah. believe in that. That's that's insignificant. And uh, that's when he talks about how this. Uh, that's when Vader says, you know, the Death Star. He talks about this uh, technological terror, and he talks about in- insignificant next to the powers of the Force. And he's saying like the Force is always greater than any of this stuff. Yeah. And I think that it's it's something that the people who studied the Force and learned the Force obviously were aware of and know the significance of it. But then you have Han Solo and guys like. Uh, Cheap tricks and all this stuff, yeah, and mumbo jumbo, it. and don't believe it. And so you have to think across the galaxy. Majority of people weren't studying the Force, didn't know, yeah. didn't even know about Jedi. No, that's why you, when you hear people like, you know, even when you fast forward to the sequel trilogy and hear Ray, you're like Luke Skywalker. I thought he was a myth. Yeah, and there's a lot of these people that don't. I mean, these especially the the setting that the Mandalorian is in. There are people who are aware of who Jedi are, and then there's people who are like, ah, I don't believe in it. Unless I saw it with my own eyes and saw Luke yeah. doing this, Vader levitating this, I don't believe in yeah. the Force. I don't believe in all this this power kind to of them, controlling everything. To them, it's just everything. stories. It's just they don't know what to believe. So it's very much a time where um, both because they haven't seen Jedi maybe with their own eyes, and it's just a lot of these people are not going to believe it till they see it. So I think that just the introduction of a force user like this baby Yoda creature. We don't know of how that's, uh, will there be more? Will there be more introduction to the force as far as other force users that are in the show? Possibly. I think this opens the door where we really don't know where this show is headed. And uh, that's one of the things I love the most yeah. about it, is the unexpected. Yeah. And, and, and one thing I really love about it too, is that the show so far, obviously it's the Mandalorian. It's about the Mandalorian, even though this child is, I'm assuming going to play a huge role. It's a different perspective than anything we've seen in Star Wars. It's associating that force aspect while also connecting it from a different character's point of view of an ordinary, I mean, somewhat ordinary person. When I say ordinary, Mm -hmm. not like a force user um, and their view and their story around the force. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I think, do you got anything else to add on this one? I think that, uh, we're probably gonna wrap this this one up. I know that we've got uh, you guys got some some maybe some rewatching to do before episode three that comes yep. out tomorrow. I know we do. I know we certainly <laughs> do. Um, I almost just lumped all you guys in with that. I know we got some rewatching to do, so maybe <laughs> you guys will as well. But uh, as always, thank you for listening to uh, to our podcast. Like we mentioned earlier. Feel free to continue reaching out with any questions you have, Mandalorian or otherwise, um, as you listen to the beginning of this podcast. Uh, we will be covering anything to do with Star Wars. If you reach out, we'll mention you on uh, on the next episode. We'll dive into some of that stuff. And then, uh, we'll obviously, we'll, we'll continue to have our regular episodes where we'll be talking about Rise of Skywalker, everything leading up to the Rise of Skywalker. Uh, but we appreciate also you guys taking the time to listen to these more Mandalorian-specific episodes, yeah. especially with us getting a new episode each week. Right yeah. now, there's a lot to cover in the world of Star Wars. Yeah, so... Again, we appreciate it. You can always reach out to us on our Instagram at underscore Star Wars guys, and we'll see you guys next time. I have spoken. Now subscribe and share this podcast with the galaxy and fulfill your destiny. Yes, master.